Hi, and welcome to The Thriving Entrepreneur. She is Rochelle Learling. He is David Foster. And today we have a great topic for the beginning of summer. Today we're talking about why Olympic weightlifters should lift absolutely as much as they can every single day, all day. Right. That wasn't on my no, list. No, wait, sorry. <laughs> um, today we're talking about why commercial airline pilots should be able to fly 24 hours in a row without any break. Or maybe we'll talk about how being exhausted, foggy, irritable, distracted, careless, oblivious to the world around you is really the best way to make decisions for you and your business. And look, we know you're tough, dedicated, earnest, but today we're talking about how and why to take a vacation. Yeah. Thanks for that very rough intro. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> recognize that. But yeah, uh, vacation. I think that's, um, it's a topic that a lot of entrepreneurs are, you know, they, they have a love-hate relationship with it. I think many need it more than they would admit. But I think that also most entrepreneurs don't really use it to their advantage because they feel, for instance, restless about not being at the office. And uh, yeah, let's just get into this one. I think it's going to be a practical episode and uh, just giving a lot of talking points about why it's so important to actually do it, make it happen and actually turn off your head when you're on vacation. I think a lot of founders and entrepreneurs resist this idea of taking a vacation, mm -hmm. right? It's almost like somewhere between a dreaded topic and a badge of honor. Mm -hmm. And what we want to talk about is not how to take a vacation and still run yourself into the ground, being connected, checking email, just hopping on a call. Side tip, if you're somebody who hops on a call all day long, make sure you switch feet so you don't get repetitive motion injury in one side versus the other. But, you know, Rochelle, why is it so hard? Why is it such a challenge for founders and entrepreneurs to take a real vacation because most entrepreneurs or founders are too involved are too committed to whatever they're building and scaling they want to give their all and that's i guess a good thing to a certain extent whereas they feel so attached so connected so much needed that whenever they need to take a break or want to take a break or their partner wants to take a break with them they're not able to do mm -hmm. so because they're too intertwined with their business and its success. And I think a lot of people will recognize that if you feel like you aren't there yet, there, quote unquote, you have to get pushing or keep pushing until you get there. And if that break, that vacation of yours is somewhere before reaching that, then you won't take the vacation, or at least you feel guilty for taking one. That would be your take. You know, I think you're right. I would, I would agree with all that. I think a big piece of it has to do with the culture around startups and being an entrepreneur and owning your own business, mm -hmm. right? There's an awful lot of founders and entrepreneurs that think that they have to throw themselves in front of the train, no matter what the train is, every day in order to quote unquote prove to whom I'm not exactly sure that they are dedicated. There's a few people that I've worked with over the years and almost every story starts with, I have given... 110%, which is mathematically impossible, but these weren't math companies. And there's sort of this pop culture influence. And it actually comes out with some investors who plan to call potential founders or potential companies at nine o'clock on a Sunday night. 
Does the founder pick up the phone? Mm -hmm. Do they have any side interests? Well, that must mean that they're not dedicated. And I think that's a big piece of why it's so difficult for founders and entrepreneurs to take a vacation. Mm -hmm. I think the other piece, which I've written about and talked about an awful lot, is that work is a combination of effort and rest. So that rest is a part of work, not the opposite of it. Hmm. And that is not, especially here in the West, and I'm sitting in the US, you're in Europe, especially in the US as well, that's a big piece of it. This like idea of Puritan work ethic or redemption through suffering, or it has to be somehow painful and hard in order for it to be valuable. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my ill-advised intro about weightlifters not resting Mm -hmm. or commercial airline pilots not resting. What do you think the quality of their output is going to be like? mm -hmm. So I think that's why it's really hard. And I think once you get those two things out in the open, it becomes a little bit more reasonable to approach rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I would like to add on that it's also this feeling that you might miss out on an opportunity, right? While you're gone. It's like you're taking a break that you need. So it's like verified, you should do it. It's like something that's logical, but then it might be that because of it, you're costing yourself something. You're missing out on something that you could have done or should have grabbed, or it's like this fear of missing out in that period of rest, which makes you then restless in that period of rest. And thus you don't recover, rejuvenate. So it's like almost like this addiction to as long as I'm there, as long as I'm pushing hard, it's going to work out. And as soon as I stop, it's not. I think that's already like a really inappropriate way of thinking about success of a business. Yeah, that's a fair point. And when it comes to, as the kids say, FOMO, you know, in in some ways, okay, yes, that's real. People have that feeling. But if we start to take it apart, it is quite irrational. It is completely irrational. So when, I mean, we can use my teenage daughter as an example, right? She often feels like she's missing out sometimes and she wants to go to the thing or be at the thing. But really, if she is at one party, that means she can't be at any other party. Mm -hmm. And when you're at work thinking that you are, quote unquote, on top of things or ready for opportunities, you can only concentrate on one thing at a time. And you are necessarily not looking at other opportunities. Mm -hmm. And the cost of doing that all the time is that your decision-making process about what opportunities you're going to engage in is necessarily worse. And so the idea that if you go to the beach, the big deal is going to come in and you're not going to be able to handle it, that may be true if you're sitting in a meeting doing something else at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about the business structure later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So could we add the word trust in here? Like trusting that things will work out even if you take a break or because of a result of you taking a break. Trusting that process is longer than it seems and it's all about the, the process itself and not about that one element, that one action that you'll take. I think I agree with a lot of that. I'm not a big proponent of trust the process, throw your hands up, you know, all life has meaning. But I am a big proponent of trust what you have built and make sure that you've done it the best that you can so that it does work well so that you can take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. 
So I think trust is a big piece of it. And look, we've talked about rest and balance and having other interests and a lot of other things that I think, quite honestly, sometimes frustrate founders and entrepreneurs because they just want the answer to get shit done. And in fact, I worked with somebody who had a sign in her office that said, get shit done. (laughs) Not exactly sure that was the best idea. But why is... Why is taking a vacation regularly not only good for your top line and your bottom line, but also your physical and emotional health? This is squarely in your wheelhouse. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's very logical that if we give a lot, we have to recharge a lot, too. It's, as you say, like rest is part of the exercise, too. It's part of of work. We cannot come up with the best ideas if we keep pushing through with the wrong energy or no energy or a lot of frustration. And by taking a break, we not only rejuvenate ourselves, but we also take like a time to zoom out and to see things from a broader perspective. And what are we actually doing right here? Are we doing the right stuff? Are we at the road focus? And this gives us so much more perspective that actually helps us come back to the game basically and improve. And I think we talked about this in a past episode about thinking time. I think this goes very well with it. Like by zooming out and having some time to think and reflect, you'll see things differently, better actually. Plus your own capacities are are recharged again in order to make that happen. Agree 100%. I mean, in a lot of ways, I think a founder and entrepreneur, their job is to make decisions. Mm -hmm. Yes, to work. They're going to be the executor of some of the work, but they really are the person making the decisions. And if you run yourself into the ground, if you do not take micro rest and macro rest, you will make worse decisions. Mm -hmm. And you know, you can test this theory with people. You You can talk to them, especially when they're up against something difficult. Hey, I've got this pill. Would you take this pill that would increase the quality of your decision-making? Would you do that? Is that something you want? 100% of the people would say yes, Mm -hmm. unless there was some massive side effect that it would make your hair red or something terrible like that. But 100% of the people in that position would want to make better decisions. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's the pill. Here's the thing that you have to do. And there's no question that a lack of regular rest, whether it's systemic rest or whether it's little micro breaks during the day, decreases the effect of whatever your effort is, whether it's lifting weights, flying planes, or making decisions in a business. And I'm not trying to argue that there isn't the tug of the office, which if we get down to the bottom of it, for most people is much more emotional than it is practical. Mm -hmm. But you have a practical duty to your investors, to your family, to the families of the people that you've hired, what can you do to make better decisions? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think to add on to this, basically we are, or most people are seeing this, this rest or this vacation as something like a a nice to have, or like a reward Mm. for something, or, you know, like fun exercise, like I get to go on vacation. Whereas, as you said, the word break and rest all fit into vacation as well. And it's not a nice to have. It's it's an essential piece of your performance as a decision maker, as you said, as a leader, as a builder. And it cannot be underestimated and thought of as like a, yeah, like I'll do it when. It's like, it's it should be part of the schedule during the day, as you said, but also during the week, but also in the quarter. And uh, especially for summer break, as we just talked about earlier. You know, you're bringing up something really interesting because there is the call it minimal effective dose of something that is not work 
some kind of engagement that is not work, vacation, that helps you be the best decision maker, leader, entrepreneur, founder, whatever your title is. Over and above that, yeah, maybe that's a nice to have. So you need, everyone's different, but we need a certain amount of breaks and vacation from work in order to be effective. Above that, those are the nice to haves, Mm -hmm. right? And again, everyone is different. And I can hear the founders and entrepreneurs listening to this going, yeah, well, I'm different because I only need three hours of sleep a night and my last vacation was before we had our kids, so I'm good. (laughs) No, you actually are not good. And it's not a coincidence that when people get involuntarily taken away from work, whether it's some kind of family demand or sometimes even an illness, they actually come back stronger because they have had time off. That in itself should prove, well, maybe you're not so good at three hours of sleep and no vacation in five years. Right. So yeah, that's your evidence right there. And I guess that's intuitively or on an emotional level, if you were to ask yourself, do I need a break? I think most entrepreneurs were to say, uh, yes. I do. But when it comes to the mental side of things, it's like, but I still have to do ABC or but that person needs me or that client needs me. You're going to find excuses not to do so. Dare we touch on the emotional piece? Mm -hmm. I think I'm going there. I think I'm going there. Look, this would not apply to you, dear listener, of course. But there are other people in the world who have an emotional need to be needed. And that is natural. We want to be, look, we're social animals. We need to be part of a community. We want to be part of a great community. We want the things that we do and say to be valued by that community. And that natural piece of human nature, I think, can metastasize into, well, always being needed. As in, I know of one founder of a relatively large company through 400 employees who gets copied on virtually every email that his executive team sends out because he, quote unquote, just has to know. (laughs) That is a version of being needed that has gone past being healthy. So there's an emotional component of being needed. I think there's also emotional component of identity. Mm, I was going to say that one. Yeah. Sorry to steal it from you. I'm going to take it away. You take it away right now. Oh, no. Add on. The the piece that I was going to say is that the identity piece is when you ask somebody who they are, if they're responding with their job, you can tell that there's an identity problem there, I think, in my mind. Right. So too attached, almost like the business is the baby, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. Now, I was going to add about identity that. If we think about like a high performing entrepreneur in general, right? If I were to ask you as a listener, like what would you describe a high performing entrepreneur to be, right? Is successful, always shows up, grit, motivation, all those things. But I think a word to add there would also be like self-respect and knowing your own boundaries. And if we were to make Mm. that loop towards vacation, I think knowing what you need, but also knowing what you need to thrive. And that can also be rest. That can also be vacation is actually a sign of self-respect if you were to actually apply it because then you show that that's part of your high performing identity as well that's part of what's needed to actually perform at this level and it's not it's not like i deserve that it's rather this is part of me 
being able to perform at this level. And if you have enough self-respect instead of, you know, trying to achieve something through the business to get some sort of worth that you feel like you're missing or some sort of validation that you're missing, that's when you see the the benefit of stopping and saying, you know, this is part of of me, of my identity and of something that I need in order to come back and and thrive even more. Now, you're not suggesting that founders and entrepreneurs don't have great self-respect and loose boundaries, are you? Because that would never be true, ever. People saw my (laughs) face, you know, I would say, uh, yeah. (laughs) Look, you can't have boundaries if you don't have self-respect. Nope. Well, I guess the opposite is true too, but you're really picking up on, well, a lot of the things that we talk to people about, you probably more than I do, but there is an emotional component to person's involvement and deep attachment to a business. And there should be, but there should also be limits to it. And I can understand that if somebody has a certain type of profession and they've changed jobs every couple of years, which there's nothing wrong with at all, and they're not too particularly attached to what they do, but it works for them and they're happy. Fair enough, that is excellent. We need more people like that in the world. For somebody who starts a business, especially with a new idea, has taken money for that, uh, is relatively small and has hired people and those people are depending on the money that they get. Yeah, your level of dedication and involvement should be more, but that's different than identifying with it and not being able to disconnect. Mm -hmm. And the thing that helps people the most, at least in my work, is being able to have the conversation that ends with the conclusion, if these things are important to you, the way you are going about it is not actually the best way to do it. If those people, for instance, are that, that are working with you are dependent on the money, and you want to fulfill that commitment, getting an appropriate amount of rest and distance away from work at a regular interval will help you make the best decisions to fulfill that commitment. Mm -hmm. Staying at the office too long, not having other engagements, and not being able to think clearly actually jeopardizes that commitment much more. There you go. And getting people to see it that way is often an indirect path. And dear listener, we have <laughs> exposed the whole thing there. But if you're listening to this and you think, huh, hmm, you know, I actually haven't and gone on vacation in a while and somebody has mentioned that and I feel a little weird about doing it. Well, we're talking to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I can just get back to what you just said earlier, what you're saying in different words is just you're risking the potential of the business success or the idea's success by not taking a break. You are jeopardizing that whole success because of you not being able to take care of yourself as a founder or owner Mm -hmm. should be. And yeah, speaking to that listener that's like doubting, you know, when was the last time I went out and, and kind of took a break? I would also want to ask, like, let's say you take off a full week starting tomorrow, like seven full days, weekend, five working days. What are you afraid of? If you were to like be pulled out of work, you're not able to check your email, you're not getting any phone calls, you're not on Slack, you're not able to do anything, you're like blocked out, completely blocked out. What are you afraid of? And then list those things because it's probably not as bad as you think it is. And it's better than you think it is too. (laughs) Yeah. 
in a lot of ways. And what you said reminds me of, uh, I believe it was Tim Ferriss's public experiment that he listed out a few of the things that he was most afraid of and then did them. And these aren't like get swallowed by a whale or, you know, be in a nuclear explosion or any of those kinds of things. He was afraid of not having enough clothes to wear. I think that was one of them. And so he picked some long period of time, relatively long period of time, a week or two weeks, and he just wore the same exact clothes every day, or he ate a certain way. I can't remember all the specifics, but you're exactly right that our fears of things like this are often more powerful than the things themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you had on your list, which you shared with me, you had business foundations mm-hmm. being part of the reason why taking a vacation is is difficult. What did you mean by that exactly? Yeah. So if we were to summarize what we just said, it's it's a lot of the mental fears of what if I let go, right? Like then I'm not going to be needed or um, something falls through. But on the other hand, we have a more tangible side of reasons why you don't uh, take a break. And it can be that your business basically will fill without you being the systems are not in place. You're the one doing everything. You always have to check everything before it goes out the door. So basically without you being present, without you intervening, you're not able to, to have your business run. So if you're not able to take a vacation and, and we can strip away all those fears, let's say there's no more fears less. It's just like practical reasons. And it can also be that your business foundations are just not in place because you're too dependent on you, on your thoughts and on your actions. I think that's also something really scary to to realize that if that is the case, then that's something you need to work on in order to get yourself out of the weeds in order to take that break. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And there's two pieces of it. One is the emotional piece. I have this business that has these systems where I'm always needed. That can be emotionally gratifying. It can also be incredibly inefficient and unprofitable. And I'm actually working with two people as we speak to develop processes and boundaries and job descriptions in their business to make it work so that those people can not only go on vacation, but God forbid, actually think about what the business is doing and where it's going and that sort of thing. And, you know, I think that, again, this points to sort of like my anecdotal view of founders and entrepreneurs' emotional tendencies. Not bad, not necessarily good either, just something to keep in mind. And in a lot of ways, when somebody who owns a business says, well, I can't take a vacation because X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. You know, to a certain extent, they may be right. And the job there, I think, is to put it together so that they can take a vacation Mm -hmm. because back to my earlier point, if they can't, well, they put the whole thing in jeopardy. And if they've got people involved, now you've jeopardized those people too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So then the next question becomes, how do you take that vacation? How do you take a vacation? And we're not talking about Expedia (laughs) or kayak or... Book the flight. Yeah. Everyone's vacation is different. Yeah. I I should say that as a disclaimer, like my girls just took a vacation and to me, it would have been torture. It would have been stressful to do it. And I think that probably some of the things that I think of as vacation would be stressful for other people. But the idea is that it has to be right for you and it can't be work. Yeah. So in my mind, when it comes to vacation, I'm a little like, what's that Star Wars character? 
with the big dog ears. Yoda, where he said, do or not do. There is no try. To a certain extent, how do I take a vacation? You go on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> like that's like that's it. And it has to fit you. Yeah. But I can tell from your eyes that you have a list. What's on your list? No, no, I 100% agree on this one. Like it's super personal. I'm not going to tell you what the exact perfect vacation looks like. As you say, like mine is going to be not your style and vice versa. But I think we can talk about some elements, like a framework of what a vacation ideally looks like. And I think the goal of a vacation mm-hmm. in that sense, if you want to have a goal, is to come back recharged. So that means that you feel rested, you feel excited, you feel energized again, you're able to come back, maybe even feeling much better than before, you're productive, but you also feel like, yes, I am happy to be back at this. Whereas a vacation can also be too intense, can be too stressful, can be too social, and can actually uh, cause a lot of energy drain too. And that's not going to be the kind of vacation you're looking for here. So whatever makes you relax and rejuvenate, but also makes you have fun and passion, those are the elements I think you're looking for. Plus, I would say if you feel really, really awkward about a vacation and kind of like, what do I do? But also like, I'm so attached to my work. What do I do in the time that I now have? Make a plan, do something that really consumes you so that you don't end up checking your phone for whatever. Agree with that. I think that one thing about the recharged piece is a shout out to my fellow type A personalities. Having been a former type A instructor trainer over the years, yes, you should come back recharged. And Rochelle, you are correct. The caveat there is if you have been running on what the physiologists call sympathetic overdrive, and you're not even recognizing that you're tired, meaning no micro breaks either during the day or during the week for a long period of time, you may go on vacation and actually after several days feel more exhausted. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of take this podcast and throw it across the room and say, see, I'm better off if I didn't rest because now I can barely get myself out of bed. But what's really happening is you're paying off debt. And you don't go into that debt if you take smaller breaks during the day and during the week. But it's kind of like you're here now. And so my message to all my fellow type A people is don't be too surprised if you plan a week away or a week off of work and in the middle of the week you feel like all you want to do is sleep. That's actually quite a healthy sign. Yeah, very fair point to add. And Honestly, to to scoop on on that, a lot of people get sick when they finally have their break. They finally have their body let go. Yes. And um, yeah, I mean, don't be afraid of that. Actually, it's a good thing. Your body is healing. Listen to that body. Give it what it needs. But use this to your advantage. And don't do too crazy things because I guess your body won't handle that. And you'll just come back feeling worse. Yeah. And, you know, I have a pretty short list. And this is true for your afternoon off or your daily walk or whatever it is, there has to be true disconnection from work. So going to the expensive, all-inclusive resort with, uh, you know, screensavers that you can send your friends, look where I am now, but you're carrying your phone and responding to messages, not disconnection. Nope. Same thing with your work laptop in the hotel room not disconnection. Doesn't mean work ideas aren't going to come up. And if you want to bring a notebook with you and jot things down, I guarantee that's going to happen. Yeah, It's kind of like that idea from psychology of pattern interrupt. You have to interrupt the pattern that you have been mm, possibly a slave to. 
right? And you need to be engaged in something else. Yep. And maybe to your point, maybe the most engagement you have is walking in an unfamiliar beach, trail, city, whatever it is, or maybe for some people engaging is ice climbing, right? Like it's everybody's different, mm-hmm. right? But you know, one thing that I that I think has helped an awful lot of people over the years is just like sacrifice doesn't necessarily equal performance, idol does not actually equal rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we talked about this in a very, very early episode. Yes, yes. And so being borderline sedated in a a beach chair for days on end, eh, that's not really the opposite of effort that you, work effort that you need to produce work. Yeah. And I had a, uh, I had a physiologist for many, many years when I was, uh, more of an athlete, let's put it that way. And he took a six-week vacation every year. And his goal for that vacation was that when he got back home, he couldn't remember where he put his coffee in the cabinets. Like he wanted that kind of disconnect. Super healthy guy, world record holder, and Olympic runner. So he was a great performer, Mm -hmm, put it this mm -hmm. way. Yeah. And I think the last piece I would say about the vacation is like, look, we know you're smart. We know you're dedicated. We know that you're really earnest about your idea and trying to bring that idea to fruition in the world. It's too easy to cheat on this and not disconnect. And you're probably too practiced at rationalizing and justifying a way to not disconnect and truly rest. But we're here, I guess, as one intelligent person and, and an old guy to say, you're better off. Your business is better off. The people in your business are better off. If you make this part of what you do, same thing as a weightlifter. Amen. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> I think that's the only <laughs> thing I wanted to say. I mean, schedule it, start with a week off, but really keep yourself accountable to, as you say, like really turn off your phone, not have your messages being on, have your partner or a really good friend or a roommate or somebody that's with you, check you on it. Like make sure that you don't cheat because it's all on you. If you don't succeed, don't jeopardize your business success in the long run for going on another couple of weeks just because you think it's a good idea. Cause it's not, that's basically what we've been saying for the past, what, 45 minutes. Right. Actually, the email thing is a good point. Isn't it in France, you cannot get email when you're on vacation? I think that's a law there now that if you have your time off, if you're on vacation, the IT department, basically just if you send somebody an email, it comes back to the sender. This person's not receiving email until this certain date. I might have the country wrong. I have no idea. I never heard of this, but very interesting. Yeah, I I think that's a good idea. The other piece that uh, I've told people in the past, which has worked out, is before your vacation ends, you and your partner, family, spouse, whatever, have to plan the next one. You have to put it in the calendar. And there's been a couple of people where I've gone, like, you have to actually book the hotel. Mm -hmm. Right? Otherwise it doesn't happen. Yes, it's probably changeable and that sort of thing. But You cannot take a week's vacation and then say, great, I'm good until 2030. Nope. No, you're right. It's not like a one-off, now I did it, now I'm good. No, it's actually something you have to consistently do. And yeah, good idea to plan it on the last day to make sure that you have an extra one coming up. 
Yeah. All right. Some practical ideas there. Yeah. I think this is really good for people. I think it's good for the summer. Mm-hmm. I think it's good for the winter, the fall, and the spring. Exactly. <laughs> hey, evergreen episode. What are you doing this summer? Uh, what am I doing this summer? I have not planned the where, but I've planned the when. Plus, our youngest is going to university in the fall, and we have made some plans for the fall after she's gone, Mm -hmm. which I'm not going to say publicly because she'll hear it before she gets to school. (laughs) (laughs) Poor lady. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She's so, she's got such a difficult life. (laughs) Coolio. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Enjoy your vacation. Yes. Please let us know how your vacations are going. Cheers. Thank you for listening. If you're an accomplished founder in a leadership position and want experience, guidance, and support, contact David on davidafoster.com. And if you're an entrepreneur with a team who wants to be more in control of your business and your life and want to explore coaching, contact Rochelle on growtribute.com. You can find links to contact us in the show notes of every episode. We appreciate your listening.